Well, hey, y'all, and welcome back to Sips and Sensibility, where every other week we gather to discuss a different Jane Austen adaptation. And this season, we're talking about Sense and Sensibility. Well, guys, we are so excited to be back talking about Jane Austen and to be talking about Sense and Sensibility. I'm your host, Julia. I'm Beth. And I'm Lori. Since this is our first episode of the season, today we're going to be discussing everything about the novel. So, ladies, I am so excited to get into this because Sense and Sensibility is my favorite Jane Austen of all time. Controversial, I know. So without further ado, ladies, let's get to chatting. How's it going? How you been? It's been a wild uh, winter here. It has. We have been off for, I think five or six weeks it's it's been weird not to chat with you guys weekly like this i've missed it uh, honestly guys in a weird way i think i missed sitting in my closet looking at my laptop screen that is on top of multiple empty boxes because in like kind of a pavlovian way these empty boxes and this tiny closet mean that i'm talking to you guys about jane austen oh well what have you guys been up to in the off season? Have you read anything good? Have you watched anything good? Have you I don't know, done any fun things? My off season has been a, a little weird. Uh some cool things happened. My sister-in-law got married, which was really great. Um but then Austin and I got COVID. So our first Christmas we spent um alone, which, you know, we made the best of it. I made some dinosaur pancakes for him, some unicorn pancakes for me, and we had a good time. Um, I got some blue light glasses so that my staring at this computer screen while recording this podcast won't drain my eyes anymore, <laughs> which will be nice. Um, but in terms of things that we watched, I have one really great thing and one really horrible thing. Are you guys ready to, to hear it? Oh, yeah. Give me Bring the worst on. first, girl. Give me the worst. Oh, the worst first. Okay. Okay. So I I might get some hate for this. I don't know how you guys feel about this. I really loved the first Wonder Woman. I thought Patty mm -hmm. Jenkins was an incredible director and it was just, you know, this movie of female empowerment and it was awesome. But I just watched Wonder Woman 1984 and I have to say... I thought it was absolute and total garbage. Oh, no. <laughs> I was so disappointed. The story was so lacking. And the Wonder Woman that I know and love was reduced to a story of cliches. I'm a huge Wonder Woman fan. I have watched every episode of the original series from, I think, the 60s. Uh, so I loved the movie because it was Wonder Woman, but I also hated mm -hmm. the movie for everything else that was in it, except... Uh, Chris Pine. He's a beautiful human. Um, so my recommendation, Austin and I watched a lot of Christmas movies. I'm a huge Christmas movie fan. And we tried out a new film on Christmas Eve night that I had never seen. And it was called Klaus. And it was so good. It's an animated story about kind of the origins of Santa Claus, but from a different perspective. It's not, you know, the St. Nicholas story. But it was so heartwarming. I cried. Austin may have cried <laughs> and yeah so if you're in the mood for a christmas movie in january <laughs> check it out well i also had an interesting off season ben and i also got covid so 
we were pretty sick for a while, but um, we're healthy now. Ben still can't really taste well, which is sad for him. Um, but we got to spring, spend Christmas with family, which was really nice. And we didn't have to worry about somehow giving them COVID. So that was a huge relief for us. As far as recommendations go, over the break, I read Persuasion for the first time. And I just loved it. It was so, so good. Uh, right now, I'm listening to Mansfield Park, and it's just kind of a letdown after listening to Sense and Sensibility and Persuasion. Um, I think I've read it before, but it's just not it's just not nearly as good to me. I also watched Bridgerton, which was much different than I expected. I've heard on the internet that it is much saucier than expected and maybe a little bit like Gossip Girl, but in the Jane Austen era. Very much like Gossip Girl with all of the things that go along with it. So there's that. Also reading a really good book called One to Watch. Would definitely recommend that book. Lori, what about you? I didn't really do a whole lot of anything over the holidays except move houses. And let me tell you, it's not fun. So needless to say, I've been quite tired. It's just been been eventful. I will say that. I've still been working. Um, the library has not shut down at all. So still out there delivering books to the good people who want to check them out. But other than that, I really haven't done anything. I was thinking about if I had watched anything or really read anything. And the answer is no. What did you do with your time? Slept. Uh, or went to various doctor's appointments, <laughs> trying to hit uh, all the doctor's appointments before end of the year and all that jazz, um, which <laughs> that's always fun. But other than that, I was probably on YouTube or TikTok or watching a documentary I don't remember. I'm, I love a good documentary. If you know any, let me know in the comments because I need some good documentaries. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't think I sat down and like watched a full movie. When we moved in, my dad put on Fast and Furious, I think seven. I don't know. That's my dad and my sister's favorite film franchise. I'm not that into it. I would have to recommend Schitt's Creek. Lori, I think you would really like it. And I've been <laughs> all six seasons while I had COVID. And let me tell you, it was amazing. Well, ladies, thank you so much for sharing those introductions. And with that accomplished, I think we should tell everybody what we're sipping. Beth, what you got? I've got a nice old fat glass of red wine. Is that fat with a pH? Uh, I am drinking 19 Crimes, and I think it's just a red blend. That's very good. Additionally, I'm drinking one of my Christmas presents, which is Hardy and Sons Paris Tea. Oh, that is a favorite. It is a favorite. I've been drinking it every day, and unfortunately, my stash is quickly dwindling. What about you, Lori? I saw your uh, Yeti, so there must be something in there. In the anonymously silver Yeti for the first episode of season two, I am currently drinking house wine. You can find it at Target. It's great, uh, but I will say it comes in a can, like a soda can. Within that can is two glasses of wine. Like, it's half a bottle of wine. So, caution <laughs> before partaking. It's definitely more of, like, a sipping situation than, like, bending it back. Although, why you would toss back wine that fast, I don't really know. The one that I'm drinking right now is a rosé. 
It's the rosé one. It's in the pink can. It has a little bit of carbonation. It's not super bubbly. I also have in the white can, the Brut. Uh, that's in the basement. That one's pretty good too. Although I will say my favorite one, and I, I'm pretty sure you can only find it at Target because I haven't found it anywhere else and it's kind of annoying, is the one in the rainbow can. I cannot remember what it was. I think it was like a sparkling rosé white combo somehow. I don't that know. It was fascinating. very good. It was very good. Would recommend. I will say Austin and I actually both got each other wine in our stockings from Target. <laughs> he got me a rosé and and it was like a mini bottle and I got him a full-sized bottle of red wine that I stuffed in his stocking. Um, so yeah, their, their wines are pretty good. We've already gone through his red wine. I will be having the rosé to myself though. So for my beverage tonight, I'm actually sipping on a Twinings variety of green tea with jasmine. And I have this courtesy of my dad, who after Austin and I got COVID, sent me this box of a bunch of Twinings tea samples. So it's Aww. like, I think it said like 80 different varieties or something like that. So oh, I will wow. be trying all of those throughout the course of this podcast. So shout out to you, dad. And thanks for listening. So when you say you're trying them all throughout the course of this podcast, do you mean like this one episode? You're going to like switch it in and out? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to make 80 tea mugs and <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I am so excited to talk about Sense and Sensibility with you guys. As I was rereading oh it, my I just, my mind was like exploding. I was like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this thing and this thing. Do you want to hear a shocking fact that will astound you both? Yes, sure. I have never read this novel. <gasps> Including now? Like, did you read it for this? Yes, I read it for this. <laughs> but no, I've never read Sense and Sensibility, and I've not seen any of the adaptations. So what? folks at home, you are getting a first impressions from me, like true first impressions. Lori, you're a virgin. You're a Sense and Sensibility virgin. <laughs> How have we been friends? for so long and you have not experienced this i don't know i have no idea i mean probably because um our senior year our plans of having a jane austen seminar were foiled uh and that never happened i don't know how i never read it because i've read most of the other ones i mean i don't think i've read lady susan but if you've read lady susan let me know um so yeah i don't know how i haven't read it but I read it, and it was good. Hmm. Well, interesting. I'm glad you've read it now. I'm thinking we should jump in and kind of talk about some summary, and eventually I want to hear like what you think and feel about this, of course. But let's quickly just like talk about what happens in this novel. So the story follows two sisters. There's Eleanor and Marianne. As they seek out happiness and love, which who doesn't love a good romance? <laughs> After the death of their father, they both have to move away from their family home with their mother and their younger sister. Dear, dear Norland. Because their uh, half-brother decides that he doesn't want to be cool and just, you know, is like, <laughs> bye. While they're still, you know, kind of house shopping, I guess, for whatever the equivalent is in that century, uh, Eleanor starts to develop feelings 
for Edward, who is her sister-in-law's brother. But Eleanor isn't really a full-on profess your love on your knees type of gal. She is the sense in this sense and sensibility, so she never expresses her feelings. On the other hand, Mary Ann, you know, the other sister, meets Willoughby, who is also equal in her passion for art and music and poetry and all the beautiful things. She, you know, is completely opposite from her sister. Yeah. Uh, so Eleanor is the sense and Marianne is the picture of sensibility, which kind of means something different now than it did then. But basically, she just lets her emotions guide her. Each sister is eventually separated by distance from her love. And each will, in time, experience heartbreak because, of course, Eleanor, when she discovers her suitor has secretly long been engaged to her new acquaintance. And Marianne, when her beloved Willoughby falls silent, ignores her, and then is outright dismissive of her affections. Rude. I know. Super not cool. Then, as the story continues to unfold, more information comes to light about both Edward and Willoughby revealing their true characters. We find out that Edward is actually a true gentleman. He's loyal to his commitments, abstaining in his actions. And then, on the other hand, Willoughby is revealed to be a selfish scoundrel, a rake, if you will, (laughs) who, while he was genuinely in love with Marianne, he puts his own self-interest above everyone else's. But time works everything out, thankfully, for the two sisters, and by the end of the novel, both are happily married. Eleanor to Edward, after his fiance ran off with his brother, more on that later, I'm sure, <laughs> and Marianne is married to the older, but the oh-so-kind, oh-so-affectionate, oh-so-constant Colonel Brandon. So sweet. Yay. I have so many feelings. I highly recommend everyone read this, especially if you're going to like watch along and listen along with us this season. It's so good. It's so worth reading or listening to this book. I even have to say, I read this in high school and reading it again as an adult after having watched the 1996 adaptation so many times, there were so many things I missed out on and so many things that add depth to the characters that you just miss out on from the movie. So seriously, I cannot encourage you enough to read it. As a first-time reader, I totally agree. You definitely need to check it out. It's really not that long of a read. I mean, if you're already a reader, probably might take you, I don't know, two, three days. That's about what it took me. If not, maybe a week. It's really not that long, and it's pretty easy to read. So with the summary covered, I would just like to say that for me personally, I know I've mentioned that this is my favorite novel of all time, and A couple of the reasons that this is my favorite novel of all time, let alone novel of Jane Austen's, is the character of Marianne. And I know there are probably a lot of Eleanor stands out there, and I will admit she's great. She has a lot of love. But Marianne was the character that I needed to see on on page, on the character I needed to see written out when I was in high school. Because as I was reading this as a high schooler, I felt seen and known within the character of Marianne. I was this overly emotional, sometimes irrational 
very passionate creature just like Marianne. And upon my reading of this, having been happily married, I will say that I don't relate to her in the beginning of the novel quite as much, but I still am taken back to just how romantic I was in my youth. And I just have such a special place in my heart for Marianne. Every time I read this book and watch this movie, my heart breaks for her. One thing that I will say is that my connection to Marianne has made me much more sympathetic than my mom and sister's sister would have liked for the character of Willoughby. No. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's uh, not a good look, but, you know, I, I can't help it. And one other thing that just really draws me into this novel so much is the relationship between Eleanor and Marianne. Because as someone who has an older sister that I am so close to, a sister that in her own way resembles the sense of Eleanor, I just love to see the opposites the opposites come together in such a beautiful friendship the way they do between the sisters of Marianne and Eleanor, especially in the heartbreaking scenes when Marianne is sick in the novel. Um, just watching Eleanor care for her, it shows you the, the authenticity of these characters that Jane Austen has created. And I just love that about this novel. So with that said, I was wondering what you guys have to say about the characters is there somebody that appeals to you um is there somebody who gets your pity or that just really disgusts you i want to know i have very strong feelings about one character Ooh. it's kind of it's <laughs> you'll get this in a minute uh it's like almost reflexive okay so willoughby really really reminds me of this guy in high school but yeah, just the behavior and like the two-facedness, immediately I knew what was going to happen with him. Just, you know, the weird little hints that you get. And so off the bat, I was like, no, no, I have no sympathy for you. I'm sorry. I get at the end that you feel bad and you want her love back. But no, I'm jilted against you because now I see you as this other person. So I may be a little Yikes. biased. Um <laughs> in the future against Willoughby and I'm sorry for any Willoughby sympathizers Julia but yeah I got some strong feelings well I think that I'm really similar to Eleanor do you guys agree yes. oh yes absolutely. <laughs> which honestly may be part of the reason why why Julia and I get along so well I literally was just like I was thinking about when <laughs> When Marianne was just having her her sobbing fits after Willoughby spurns her, I was thinking about this one particular moment in college when I was sobbing on the floor of the shower in her bathroom to Beth about someone who had spurned me. And Beth was just <laughs> trying to make me feel better. But she's like, yeah, I, you're, you were the Eleanor to my Marianne for sure. So much more rational. <laughs> It's a very accurate description. The two of you fall into these characters very well. You know, I don't even think I realized that about myself until I heard Julia describing herself as being like Marianne, and then it just clicked. And I was like, I'm Eleanor. <laughs> her practicality and her frugality, um, those are very strong characteristics of mine, especially now that I have- You like a good deal. I do. And now that Julia, like, as Julia said, now that I have been 
settled. Um, I really have noticed it because I am definitely like in our marriage. I'm like, no, we shouldn't spend any money. Like we need to just like save and be really, pra- only make practical purchases. Um, so anyways, I've realized my flaws, but at the same time, it made me realize that I was very similar to Eleanor, especially on this reread when she was talking about things like that and just the way she sees the world. Um, really rugged. And also that she keeps her emotions in and doesn't talk about them a lot. See, and that's where I'm conflicted because I related to the heightened emotions of Mary Ann and like her romantic personality and just, you know, like all of that. But also I am terrified of expressing myself and being rejected. So I'm also like never going to express that. So, like, I get Eleanor <laughs> keeping it a little, uh, playing it close to the chest. So, I can't tell who I relate more to. It's like a weird combo. It's okay. You don't have to be an Eleanor or a Marianne. I feel like it's because you're more of an Elizabeth. <gasps> Are you calling me Elizabeth? <laughs> <laughs> it is so validating to see yourself represented so well, though. And I just, oh, gosh. <sighs> I love it. And one of the characters, I mean, Willoughby is someone who is somewhat obviously supposed to be a sympathetic character. Really, I sympathize for Colonel Brandon. I love him. And it's just like his sweet way in which he loves Marianne. And I think, you know, in the book, it's kind of a funny thing because Miss Jennings starts believing that Eleanor and Colonel Brandon are going to get together. But I really think that that affectionate relationship that he develops with her sister is just an extension of his love for Marianne. And I love that because I think that's such a true to life representation of when you love someone, you want the people that are that are dear to them to be dear to you. Colonel Brandon is most ardently seeking Marianne's happiness above all. And that's a big part of the reason that he doesn't try to break up her and Willoughby because he knows that for Willoughby's flaws... He makes Marianne so happy and his love stays so constant. And that's the difference between him and Willoughby. And that's what I and Marianne eventually come to know in that novel is that that constancy of love versus this kind of passionate roller coaster of emotions, that's not what you want. No, not at all. I also just have to say that upon this reading of the novel, one of the most passionate revulsions I've ever had while reading literature, I literally had to take a break from reading the novel, was when Marianne shows Eleanor the letter that Willoughby sends her after they have their interaction at the ball. So at this point, Willoughby has publicly spurned Marianne and she knows that it's over, She, but she has no idea why. And he sends her this cold hearted letter that we later learn was actually written by his wife that he had to copy down. But it in reading it, I was filled with just a righteous fury at the insensitivity of Willoughby. And I I had to put the book down because I was literally shaking with rage. That's what good literature will do to you. It will make you feel emotions. Well, why don't you guys tell me a little bit about your first experience with Sense and Sensibility? Well, this was my first experience. <laughs> So you got me there. I liked it. It was really good. Um, I liked having the kind of like, not polar opposites, but you know, like 
they're opposites Mm -hmm. of the sisters and like how their different romantic paths lay out and who they both are like I like him and I like him but then you know Mary Ann ends up with like the older like mature one thank god um so like I really liked how it played out and the pacing of it was really nice the one thing I have to say is I had a bit of hard time in the beginning and this is a me thing with like most novels (laughs) especially like ones that are you know not 20th century um and it's I have a hard time sometimes keeping characters straight like I need to either reread the novel and like see it all again or print out a character map so I can be like okay this person is related to this person this way and this is how they feel about this it just helps me so at the very beginning where it was like Henry dies and passes it on to this person and then this person is also Fanny but also that's not what they call her all the time and like they're going back and forth and they're naming names I was very confused (laughs) like I immediately had to print out a map I was like okay what is happening but then like three chapters in I was like okay okay I'm cruising I'm cruising I do feel like that a, a version of that happens to me whenever I pick up a Jane Austen novel again is if I've been reading a lot of modern literature, I have to reacquaint myself with her style of writing. Um, so it's not exactly the names, but I definitely do. I, I feel that way about Jane Austen novels sometimes at the beginning. It's like slower to get into. So my first acquaintance with Sense and Sensibility, though, was the 1996 adaptation starring just an all-star cast. Oh my gosh. Kate Winslet, Emma Thompson. They were incredible as Marianne and Eleanor. And watching the movie immediately, obviously, I connected with Marianne and fell deeply in love with Willoughby, probably one of my first on-screen loves. And their love story just drew me in so much. And I saw like the reflection of my relationship with my sister and later a little bit of like a reflection between my relationship with Beth and Um, so that was my first acquaintance with the story. And then I read the book in high school. So I saw the movie, I guess, middle school, read the book in high school. I was writing a paper about it. And I'm pretty convinced that I kind of skimmed through the end because there were things that I was reading this time around, like kind of the, um, Willoughby coming to the house. I totally forgot about that. Willoughby has kind of this arc where he explains uh, his feelings and actions after he spurned Marianne. And I did not remember at all that that had happened. Um, but one very strong memory that I have in relation to this movie is I cannot tell you how many times I've sat down with my mom and my sister and watched this film. But there was one time in particular that I was feeling particularly emotional over one of the long-term crushes I had in high school that was completely unrequited. And I watched Marianne cry over Willoughby as she looks at Comb Magna. And then I watched Willoughby watch sadly from the hill. And this is the 1996 film as Marianne rides happily off into the sunset with Colonel Brandon. I watched him watch her and just sobbed. And Mm. I could not stop crying for, it was like a solid five minutes of sobbing. And my mom and my sister were just like, Julia, he's a scoundrel. (laughs) He's not a good guy. And I was like, he loves her and he's going to live his entire life regretting it. Like I was in pieces. And this is easily one of the most 
affecting books I've ever read in terms of like how much I get gripped into the stories. And so I just thought that was, that's not my first experience, but I thought it was a pretty memorable one. And I will never forget sobbing (laughs) over Willoughby. So my first experience with Sense and Sensibility was I think in middle school around the same time that I watched the 2005 Pride and Prejudice for the first time. I also watched the 1995 Sense and Sensibility uh, with Emma Thompson and Kate Winslet. And for a long time, that was really all I had to go on. I'm pretty sure that's the only adaptation I've seen of Sense and Sensibility. Um, but I read the book for the first time a few years ago. And then I just reread it over this winter break in preparation for the season. And I do really love it. It's great. Uh, This time I actually listened to it on Audible and Rosamund Pike, who played Jane in the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. Oh, really? She was the narrator. Yeah, she's the one who read it. So I just loved hearing it in her (laughs) voice because it it was just so fitting. And I was so sad that when it ended, you know how sometimes like a book ends and you kind of go into like a little... (laughs) coma and you're just so sad sad. (laughs) the world has just been destroyed of that novel and i was doing chores and stuff while i listened and it just made all the chores terrible because it was making them enjoyable and then the book ended and i was like (laughs) this is terrible why am i doing laundry (laughs) anyways that was my first experience it definitely changed my whole perspective on the story when i read the book because even though the 1995 version is great it definitely has some flaws um some very key things were left out uh, but overall, love the book and cannot wait to talk about all the adaptations of it. So, Lori, since we yes. are kind of wrapping up here, I have a question for you. We have more what? worthy suitors this time yeah. right? <laughs> than in Emma, I feel like. There was really only Mr. Knightley, if we're being honest. Rip. Yeah. Yes. Depending on the adaptation, yeah. sometimes Trishul is in play, sometimes yeah. not, but... Uh, Lori, why don't you tell us who you would date from the novel Sense and Sensibility? Okay. Follow with me here. Track with me. Okay. Okay. I think it will be Colonel Brandon. Really? Because, and hear me out. This might be a little controversial. Okay. So, obviously, it's not Willoughby. I have very strong emotions about Willoughby. It's not going to be Willoughby. <laughs> uh, but Edward... Yes, I love him. Him and Colonel Brandon, to me, have a lot of similar qualities, oddly. Um, Like, they evoke very similar feelings for me. But if I'm analyzing the situation, if you want to say, and I'm trying to, like, pick one, I guess I'll pick Colonel... Colonel? Colonel Brandon, because Edward doesn't divulge that he's engaged... And, like, I get it, you know, it's, like, a weird secret engagement and, like, he doesn't want to be engaged and, you know, like, he feels bad the entire novel ends up, you know, he's still a great guy. He honestly, both of them kind of remind me of Darcy in some weird ways. Anyway, love Darcy. We'll get to that later. (laughs) Uh, But, like, putting them side by side, I guess, because... Edward didn't divulge (laughs) that engagement, even if he didn't want to be in it. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it is. And he really does cause Eleanor quite a bit of pain because of that. Whereas Colonel Brandon, he's pretty much. Yeah. And plus, Colonel Brandon also has the kind of like honorable, like 
backswing of like having this young ward that he's taking care of like just because the, the lady that he used to love asked him to you know like he's honorable he's decent and he divulges that you know and like tells Eleanor that later so I don't know I think it'd be him We'll see later on in the adaptations if I'm swayed to Edward or not. <laughs> I guarantee you I won't be swayed to Willoughby. I don't know. Julia might have to pull me for the 1995 one because I've heard some things. Haven't seen it, but heard some things. So we'll see. Willoughby can be a charming man, Lori. We'll see. That's the problem. They can be charming, but then they got some issues that they need to work on <laughs> themselves. Julia, is your cup empty? I'm curious. Um, actually, yes, Lori, my cup is oh my empty. Gosh. <laughs> I know. I I'm just gonna say. So, as you all know, I was having uh, jasmine green tea, and I've been having jasmine green tea to try and calm my nerves because this has been kind of a, a trying week, just in general in life. In American history, etc. And so this jasmine green tea has really hit the spot. And I don't know why, but for some reason, jasmine is just so calming to me. And it really worked tonight because I was a little nervous to get back in the swing of things. And so this green jasmine tea has been gone for actually quite a while. Oh, and wow. I give it two thumbs up. So if you're in the mood for a calming green jasmine tea, check out Twinings because I really don't think you can go wrong. Honestly, a good brand too, just mm -hmm. overall. Quality. Yeah. So so Beth, what how was your drink? Well, and my wine and my tea were both delightful. Kind of odd. I like alternated taking a sip of <laughs> wine and a sip of tea the whole night. And I'm happy to say that my wine glass is dry. And I have like one sip of tea left. So I'm gonna have to pee real bad after we finish this. <laughs> it's a lot of fluids. It is. I also drink half a water bottle, oh, so wow. there's a lot of liquid in me right now. What about you, Lori? My Yeti is empty once again, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it was very good. I love that half a bottle of wine went down real smooth. Mm -hmm. It did. Uh, I did for everyone concerned, and I know my one aunt probably is. I did eat a nice healthy dinner. Don't worry. I ate lots. I'm good. So the wine's a little offset. <laughs> but anyway, it was very good. 10 out of 10 would recommend. It is the rosé. Well, everyone, it was just a delight to be back with you guys. Um, talking about sense and sensibility. Julia and Lori, it's been too long. Oh I'm so happy. Oh, so much fun. Feels so right. And y'all, if you want to stay updated on our journey and hear more about what's going on and even put in some input for what adaptations we talk about this season, you should follow us on Instagram. We are at Sips and Sensibility Pod. And you should like our page on Facebook. We are Sips and Sensibility. I don't have any shout outs for the Instagram today, but I do want to say if you guys have any suggestions for your favorite Sense and Sensibility adaptations that we need to watch. Please go over there and send us a DM. We would love to hear your suggestions. Yeah, and don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I have loved being back with y'all this week. May I just say, it has been too long. I think we had a month off. 
all told. And it was too long. Let me tell you, it's too long to be separated from my girls. I miss you. I love you. And I missed our listeners as well. And I'm so glad to be back. I'm so glad that we can all connect with Jane Austen and all of these books and adaptations. So keep checking the Instagram and the Facebook feed to see if we pick your favorite adaptation. Stay tuned to see which one we choose for our first adaptation. And until then, keep on sipping, y'all.